Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and I'm joined this week by Matthew Perslow. Hello. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, thank you, Al. How are you? I'm awesome. Hey. <laughs> I know, right? It's a Friday, <laughs> even though I thought it was a Saturday when I woke up this morning. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, at least I'm... you get to take a, what is it, like an hour and sometimes an hour and a half with these podcasts these days where you just get to <laughs> take a bit of time out and have a chat. Yeah, but trying to keep my kids quiet for an hour and a half <laughs> is exceptionally hard they're currently both downstairs on ipads with youtube and that's what parenting looks like in my house how long can that last who knows well we'll find out when they burst in <laughs> <laughs> that deep voice belongs to jesse gomez hello how are you doing man oh man i'm so good i'm so hyped for this Why? podcast because you don't sound it you sound oh. really flat I'm not even going to tr- attempt to sound excited. Um, at least I'm hydrated. On, we got that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Jesse, it's it's a it's a special episode we're doing. You should be excited. I'm oh, genuinely man, I'm so excited. excited. I'm so hyped. Let's do it. Here we go. Well, it is a special episode because it is the Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast Part Two. Is so, that the official name for it? I think so. <laughs> that's what we've been told by. Is it Dale that's uh, that's penciled that in? So I'm this is going to be it. the last Last of Us 2 podcast. Yeah? Well, until we do part three. No, we're not going to do <laughs> yeah, part hopefully three. <laughs> But when Joe, Cardi and Dale did their spoiler cast three weeks ago, a while ago, yeah. um, they asked for feedback once everybody had finished the game. And we've now finished the game. Uh, I finished it, I think, about a week ago. Uh, Jesse, you were a bit before that, and Matt, I think yeah. you finished it this week, right? Yeah, I finished it uh, on last Sunday. And, like, I've not actually spoken to anybody about what I think of the game. Yeah, same. So man. I'm looking forward to chatting about that because, well, it, we'll save it. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to use the feedback that we got as the basis for this episode. Uh, and then... Um, we are going to put our thoughts and feelings uh, into it. But before we do that, we're actually going to start with the game because there are still people out there who have not finished The Last of Us, I assume. Uh, and so we're going to do, we're going to be crazy and put the thing that normally goes at the end at the front. So right? a bit of sunshine and happiness and then it's going to it's gonna kick off. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Well, we, we don't want people that haven't finished it yet to not have a podcast this week. No, so. yeah, that's exactly. true. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is the podcast will be approximately five minutes long for those who've not finished the game. Yeah. But what can we say? So for this week's Endless Search, we have got a game called Trilogy Trumps. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? So Charles Williams writes in with the game Trilogy Trump. Easy for you to say. Trilogy Trumps. Uh, and the game is fairly simple, although uh, I'm going to make it slightly more complicated because I couldn't think of the best way for you guys to answer. Anyway, it's you've got to arrange three films in order of their Rotten Tomato critic score, best to worst. Huh, okay. Okay. Obviously, all trilogies. Actually, looking through, it's not really trilogies, as you'll see. Oh, it's a bullshit then. But, like... So, so, for example, there's a Schwarzenegger family trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was a thing, but anyway. All right. Uh, 
but but as I say, it's fairly simple. Um, and but what I need you to do is when I read them out, mm. I want you to write down your answers because otherwise one of you will play off the other one and they're better. Right, I see. Now to get one point, you need to get all three in the right order. It is that simple. Wow, <laughs> it's so, so simple. There's, there's no breakdown. No. Well, I haven't got I haven't got time for that. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you know what you're doing? Roughly, yeah. So for me to just get it in my head, like if one of these trilogies is Lord of the Rings, we have to guess the order. Like was Return of the King better than Fellowship? According or, to right? Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, okay from yes. high to low, I I get you. I get you. Yes. All right. Yep. Uh, question one. Can you rank these, the first three Harry Potter films? So Philosopher's Stone. Uh, what was the second one called? Chamber of <laughs> Secrets. Good yes. start. And then uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. It's because he put Secret Chamber and I was like, that's not what it's <laughs> no, called. No, no, the Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Um. Um. <laughs> What's the first film called again? <laughs> Uh, Philosopher's Stone, That's or it. what was it um, called in America? In America. The Sorcerer's, oh, Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. That's right. Yeah. Boo. I will accept both answers. Boo. No, it's a philosopher. Okay. Um, how? So you want me to show you that? Obviously, I've written it down. How am I yes. going to do? Is is Jesse just got to shut his eyes? <laughs> no, no. Like, like oh, no, you written I've, them I've, down, I've, so, I've so mine. you can't cheat now. Right. Yeah. Okay. I um, see. So, uh, Matt, yeah. if you if you're ready to go, mm-hmm. read your answers out, please. The Prisoner of Azkaban being the highest, the middle one would be Philosopher's Stone, and the lowest would be Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Okay. I, Jesse? I went for Chamber of Secrets and number one, Philosopher's Stone second, and then Prisoner of Azkaban in third. Sorry, what? You think Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> is the lowest rated one? It's considered I, the best of the I, Harry Potter I films. I might not think that, but the critics might think that. I'm using my critical mind for this, even though I could be completely wrong. <laughs> well, uh, please let me you're be actually- right both wrong oh great it's very close so azkaban is indeed the best one with a rotten tomato score of 90 mm. then it's chamber of secrets huh. first with film. 83 and then philosophers with 81 philosophers That's not right. isn't a great film oh shut up don't you even go there <laughs> uh neither I, mean, I, barely, I barely have an opinion to be honest so neither of the chris cook Chris Columbus ones are that great, but I I remember Chamber being considered not quite as good as Philosophers, so nice. that's interesting. I was wrong. There you go. Well, look, this next one is Jesse Gomez's speciality oh, because it is the Lord, Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> there we go. All right. You don't need me to read out the films, I guess. Uh, can, <laughs> well, you know ju- what's ju- in them? Just for memory. No, I'm just... mm. Obviously, Lord of the Rings, not Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Who likes that shit? Um, I was excited, but it I quite like the first Hobbit film, like because I think it's the one that's closest to the book. I think it all goes wrong after, well, yeah. it all goes yeah. wrong towards the end of that film. But yeah, true. All right, so who, who's who's up first? Both ready? Yeah, Jesse, yeah. I would like you to go first. Hold on, right. I haven't finished, but oh, I know okay. I know my order, but I haven't finished writing it. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, we'll we'll wait. We'll be fair. Okay, for this game. Right. Okay, Jesse, all go right. ahead. Number one is Return of the King. Two is Fellowship of the Ring. And then three is Two Towers. That has to be right. Interesting. So I've got it the other way around, which is uh, the Two Towers as the highest rated, Return of the King as the second highest rated, and Fellowship as the third. What? One point to Matt Persley. There we go. 
I always thought that people considered Two Towers to be the weakest out of the three. Oh, no, Two, t- two Towers is the best. Unbelievable film. Oh, well, what I like a... all three anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. So I think Fellowship is fantastic, but yeah. um, the the all the pacing of Two Towers is fantastic. The the finale at Helm's Deep, like, oh, it's not as... I, like, I do like Return of the King, but Return of the King yeah. is obviously stretched out in comparison. That's true. Yeah. But where do the extended editions lie? That's really what we want to no, get down to. It. <laughs> that's a different game. Uh, question three. Back to the Future. Parts Ooh. one, two, and three. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I can literally just do one, two, and three here because they've not got stupid names. Yeah. Um, I think this one is personally very obvious. but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I've got my list anyway. Uh, who's going first? Okay. Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. This one's easy. It goes one, two, three. Best I... is the first one. Middle is the second one. Third is the worst one. I, I'm, I went for the same thing. It can't be any other order. That would be impossible. <laughs> well, oh, <you're> no. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I'm, I didn't write this. But That's fine. There's quite a big difference. So part one, 96 uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But then it's part three with an 80 but part two comes in with 65 jesus what? was it that bad i, I, I know no part <laughs> two's great i thought everyone always hated the third one because of the the cowboys and, and what have you well I, I personally would have ranked them one two three that's mad you don't but, get a little little elijah wood in, in the third <laughs> one with his mad cap on you don't get president biff Oh god, was, no was, thank you. It was a an insight into our future times. <laughs> Great. Um, very accurate in terms of how bleak it all is. <laughs> uh so still one point to Matt, no points to Jesse. Great. Come on, Jesse. Come on. <laughs> Sounds so sad. Now, question four. It's the Schwarzenegger action trilogy. What does that consist of? <laughs> and this includes <laughs> this includes Predator, Terminator, and Total Recall. Right. Okay. 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 All right. I'm I'm sorted. I'm ready. What you've done already? I mean, it's not hard to think. <laughs> I know, but you got to write them down. Yeah. I okay. Did. Like I'm done. I got okay. them. All right. All right, Jesse. Terminator, Predator, and Total Recall. Terminate being highest. So there we so go. So say that again. Terminator. Terminator number one. Predator yep. number two, and then Total Recall yep. three. Okay. Matt? Uh, Terminator is the highest, Total Recall is the middle, and Predator is the lowest. What? It's another point to Matthew Parsley. What the fuck? That's mad. Because Total Recall is better than Predator. I just thought... (laughs) And obviously Terminator is the best one. It's obvious that Terminator would be the best one, but I I would have thought that in the grand scheme of things, people would have more love for Predator than Total Recall. But they're all good films, but like, just mad. Well... Terminator gets a full 100 points. It's the perfect film. I know, right? (laughs) That's mad. Uh, But, and this is the thing, Total Recall, 82, Predator, 81. Oh, okay. So it's one point in it. All right, fair enough. But still no points for you, Jesse. That's all right. At least I know I'm a legend in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So modest. Oh my God, I know. It's the second... Schwarzenegger trilogy. This time it's family. And the three films are Jingle All the Way, oh. Twins, and Kindergarten Cop. Okay. 
these are quite low scoring. <laughs> I'd imagine so, yeah. What is it? Okay. Uh, cop, twins, and then what else? Uh, uh, jingle all the way. Okay. All right, I'm ready for this one. Uh, who went last first last time? I did, I didn't I? Yeah, you did, but, yeah. Okay, Matt. Okay, right. Uh, highest, Jingle All The Way, Middle, Kindergarten Cop, and Twins being the bottom one. Okay. Okay. I went for number one as Kindergarten Top, <laughs> top Cop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Second one is Twins, third being Jingle All The Way. You've got a point, Jesse yes. Gomez. Uh, you know what? It's sad because I actually prefer Jingle All The Way out of the other two. <laughs> like, it's a childhood classic. Was- properly destroyed when it came out was it <laughs> i don't think i've seen it all the way through it's a bad film oh it's so great he's after turbo man i remember that <laughs> it's, it's dreadful i'm not saying the others are much better no. but yeah twins so is kindergarten, bad. yeah kindergarten <laughs> cop got 50 twins 44 jingle all the way 15 nice <laughs> that is Ouch. mad all right, then. So we are on to question six. Mm. Now, this is the weirdest trilogy I have ever heard of. But hey, I didn't come up with the quiz. It's the second installment of each Star Wars trilogy. So episode two, Clone Wars. Right. Episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Episode eight, The Last Jedi. Oh, Makes no. sense? Yeah, I've got it. It's also worth thinking right. about the fact that at the time, fucking Empire gave the Clone Wars, sorry, not the Clone Wars, the Attack of the Clones, gave Attack it five clones, stars. Yes. I know, right? Well, I um, I went to go and see it at uh, like quite an early screening, but one of my friends had been to see it at a midnight screening, and he said it was better than Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, oh, I was like, great. I don't care what you think anymore. even even as like i was target demographic for attack of the clones when it came out i'd be my teenage years yeah like, even i would have known that that it wasn't as good as empire and i liked those films when they came out that's mad i um so i, I watched it it came out just before e3 i think because i watched it uh in england and then we flew to la for whatever e3 that was mm. And then I saw it at the the Chinese Man Theatre, which was like uh, that's the experience. Yeah, to go and see it, but I fell asleep during it. <laughs> oh a, I was jet lagged, and B, it's a boring film. What year was that? Attack of the Clones. I'm trying to think of how uh, old I would have been. Like 2003, maybe. Oh God, yeah. I was like like five or something. <laughs> Little oh, baby I Jesse. E3. I was doing the hard reporting for me through. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, Jesse, I think you're up first this time. Number one is Empire Strikes Back, two, Attack of the Clones, and then three, Last Jedi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are you doing, Jesse? I don't it's know. Empire, it's Empire Jedi clone, because, like... Um, of course it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Of course it is. Last Jedi was critically very well received, because I it's was, a good movie. I, I, the thing is, I... I was trying to think of, I was mainly thinking of how people reacted to The Last Jedi and not the critical reception and stuff. I thought maybe there would be a tons, tons of like negative critical reception to that as well. But I, I enjoy The Last Jedi a lot more than Attack of the Clones. Just want to put that out there. Okay. Well, maybe say that then when you're answering this Remember, quiz. Yeah, I'm just trying, we're I'm talking trying about to... Rotten. Jesse, you know the Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate of critical scores, as in yeah, actual but there, critics. There, there could be some, some really bad takes there, like what I just did. <laughs> 
But I was trying to imagine the bad takes. So let's just get that out of there. Okay. Well, look, we've got four questions left. Ooh. And it's currently 3 1 to Matt. Okay. <laughs> I actually think this is quite, it's bonkers, this game, but it's quite yeah. fun. <laughs> I know. Like, I thought it would be a lot easier. Well, I thought it would be higher scoring, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Question seven, and it's Nolan's Batman trilogy. Right. Batman Begins, oh. Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Rises was the final film, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Cool. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to go? Sure. Uh, so highest will be The Dark Knight, then will be The Dark Knight Rises, then will be Batman Begins. That is what I believe the critical reception is. I don't think it's right, though. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Jesse? Number one is Dark Knight, two is Begins, and then three is Dark Knight Rises. Matthew, you played that game very well because mm-hmm. you followed your head, not your heart. Damn. So you get a point. See, I think it's very obviously supposed to be Dark Knight, Batman Begins, but Dark Knight Rises. That's Dark Knight Rises for, is the yeah. worst of them. But it I is. remember when Batman Begins coming out, it not like nolan fever hadn't caught at that point and that no. wasn't the film that convinced people what score no. did it get then did people just not really care when it came out then so dark knight got 94 dark knight rises got 87 and batman begins got 84 so still oh, know, okay. high scoring rises um, was the only one i was I... able to see in cinema and that's when i was in florida so i saw it like on a humongous screen and even back then for like the first batman film i ever watched in cinema didn't think it was great <laughs> no i think well especially after coming after the Dark Knight. Mm. It was very hard to follow that. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, there are bits I really enjoy about it, but it's the one that I go back to the least. Yeah. So, 4 1. Uh oh. How many have <laughs> we got? Left? Two. We've got three left. Three left. Oh, God. Uh, and this, so basically, Jesse, you've got to get them all right. Matt, you've got to get them all wrong. Get them wrong, <laughs> Matt. Do it. Uh, well, I haven't got any kind of tie break, so let's hope that it, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right, question eight is Wes Anderson's big early three. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, uh, The Life Aquatic, and Darjeeling Limited. Uh, I've not seen any of these films. Neither have, have you I. not? No. Oh, oh, you're missing out. I, I ain't got a clue. Can, I, you, can you just go through those names again? <laughs> uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Life Aquatic and Darjeeling Limited. Again, this will be one of those where I think that the critical consensus is wrong, but I will do it on based on what I think the critics will have done. All right. Okay, am I going first? Uh, yeah, you go for it, yeah. All right, well, this is based off me not knowing or haven't watched any <laughs> of these films. About any <laughs> films. <laughs> uh, number one, Life Aquatic. Uh, two, Royal Ted and three, Unlimited. Royal Ted. Ten. <laughs> They're all ten abounds. Okay. I thought you said Royal Ted. <laughs> Royal Ted. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, whereas I think it will be highest will be Royal Ten abounds, uh, then it will be the Darjeeling Limited, and then it will be Life Aquatic. It's another point to Matt Perslow. Well, that was that, 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 that was a given. I'm, I'm better with trophies of... than films. <laughs> and out of all of those, I actually think Life Aquatic is my favourite, uh, followed really? probably by Darjeeling. I actually... I do like Royal Tenenbaums, but I don't rate it as highly as everyone else does. So, and right. now we know. Well, you're you're doing exceptionally well at this game, Jesse. <laughs> not so much. Cheers. But you have got a chance to save some pride with the Jack Black trilogy. I know he's one of your favourites. What? <laughs> Shallow Hal, School of Rock, and Jumanji. 
Jumanji Ooh. 1, I assume. Right. Well, the remake. So, first so Jumanji, School of, School of Rock, and yep. Shallow Hal. Yep. Shallow Hal? Yeah. Have you not seen yes. Shallow Hal? No. <laughs> All right, well, I've, I've got my list locked in. Going okay. for it. Yeah, I'm locked. <laughs> I'm locked. Uh, who wants to go first? I will, because I'll lose. Go. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Number one, School of Rock. Two, Jumanji. Three, Shallow. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what I've got. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you both get a point. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> you'll be you'll be pleased to know, Jesse, that Shallow Hal is dreadful. <laughs> oh, is, I've actually never heard of it. I've obviously watched the um, School of Rock and Jumanji, but not Shallow. Uh, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's all about a man who, if I remember rightly, falls in love with Cameron Diaz, but Cameron Diaz is actually very large, and he think and he imagines her being very slim. Oh, I have seen that. That's so shit. Such a bad film. Yep. There we go. <laughs> All right. So we've got six points versus two. Wicked. That's a good number. With one question to go, and it is Will Smith's blockbuster bangers. <laughs> Independence Day, Bad Boys, and Hitch. Not sure I would have put Hitch in there, but hey. Hmm. <laughs> uh, oh. What was critical reception of Bad Boys like when that came out? It, it has to... I mean, uh, well, I, I, I'm locked in. I've got my answers. Right. Um, How about you, Matt? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's Matt, go. Matt, go first? Go on, Shall go I go on. first then? Go on, Matt. Yeah. Right. Highest bad boys, middle hitch, bottom Independence Day. Okay. Jesse? I feel like I fucked this now just based on your answers. <laughs> Uh, number one is Independence Day two is Bad Boys and three is Hitch you're both wrong what? <laughs> number one is Hitch see I remember it being that's why I put is it in the is middle because I do remember it being like rom-com one yeah he's like a, yeah. he's like a re- love, relationship love doctor or something isn't yeah, yeah. Love Guru. Love Guru, baby. <laughs> it's got Kevin James in it. No, I know. It's just a relationship doctor. Love also guru. known as a Love Guru. <laughs> Wasn't the Love Guru a really bad a Mike Myers film? film? Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, so Hitch first with 68. Independence Day second mm. with 65. And Bad Boys at I thought people were well into Bad Boys. I think it's got kind of a following, isn't it? Right, okay. I was amazed when they announced that there was another Bad Boys film coming, which I must admit I've not seen that. But Don't think many people have. Below. Anyway, final scores. Matt, you got six points. Jesse, you got a poor two points. You know what? It was a but fun game, though. It was a fun game. So thank you very much to Charles Williams. Uh, that's a good game. We should play that again. Absolutely. Uh, if you've got any other endless search games, uh, you can send them into IGN underscore feedback at IGN.com. Now we are going to shift. Is it up a gear or down a gear? I don't know. Maybe in reverse. We're going to talk about <laughs> The Last of Us 2. So if you've not finished it, I would probably stop listening now. Right. You've had your warnings. We're going to talk full spoilers mainly from you guys. Uh, and Matt, I think you have the first piece of feedback. Yeah, let's let's go. Uh, <laughs> this one is from Casio. And buckling, because we've got loads of thoughts here. So, hey guys, Casio here writing from Japan, which is great. I had no idea we got people listening That's as cool, far afield as Japan. That's wicked. Uh, to congratulate you on and thank you for the Last of Us 2 spoiler special episode. 
It was great to be able to hear intelligent, open-minded opinions about such a brilliant masterpiece that is The Last of Us 2. This podcast was just the kind of grown-up analysis of the game I was looking for after being disappointed with haters on YouTube giving the game bad reviews. For me, The Last of Us is more than a welcome change on conventional narrative. It brilliantly uses elements already seen in other games and also in TV shows, but make it look different, new, and sometimes just better. After finishing The Last of Us 2, I grabbed my computer to see what people were saying about it. Were they in awe, like me? Were people also feeling a mix of excitement, numbness, and even sadness for such an epic, tragic tale? To my surprise, there was a great amount of negative comments and reviews about the game. I was like, I'm sorry, are we talking about the same game? I could not believe it. Then I started to realise that most of the criticising was coming from people who either saw the leaks about Joel's death, people who were not happy with how, when, why Joel died, and people who would be outraged for having to play with Joel's killer for half of the game. Basically people who didn't like Joel dying. God, I hope if you haven't played the game you've tuned out by now. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. People loved Joel and were upset about his death. While I loved Joel too, I was also upset with his death, but I was shocked, thrilled, impressed and surprised about the audacity, the courage and the creativity on the decision of the killing of the main playable character of the previous game. It was such a bold move and it really set the mood. I hated Abby and I would do anything to kill her. Then they force you to play with Abby. What? Fuck off, I don't want to play with her. But I do, and suddenly I start to sympathise with her. I can relate to her. I can understand her, and even though I still cannot forgive her, I can accept her motivation. At the same time, I start to see how Ellie may seem like a horrible human being from someone of, of Abby's point of view. I never saw that on a game before, to question the goodies' actions while making sense of the baddies' motivation, leading the player confused about who is right and who is wrong. How can people not see how genius that is? On top of that, there are brilliant other elements to this game. The graphics are spectacular, the the horror is nerve-wracking, the soundtrack is gorgeous. I also love how how constantly and creatively it subverts your expectations. Like the moment you mentioned about training with the rifle and thinking that that is a tutorial, but it was actually just a nice moment and you never use that gun again. What about Isaac and the Prophet? That was amazing just how you get enough info on them for them to be these powerful presences, despite the fact that one of them dies after two (laughs) scenes and the other one never even appears in the game. I think everything in this game was made carefully and with purpose and just shows how much thought and care was put into this game by its creators. It can be a bit too long at points. There could have been a bit more balance between story and gameplay, but these are minor missteps when you consider how mesmerising the game is in every other aspect. I do hope the creators can focus on the good reviews and ignore the hordes of spoiled and probably misogynistic brats that didn't understand the game. Sort of feel like, actually, we definitely should have... We've read the entire piece out, and yeah, yeah, that's a nicely well-constructed piece of feedback, I think. Absolutely. And also gives us a launch pad to quite literally talk about almost all the game. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously a lot of the feedback we've got talks about the story mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, the mechanics. There are obviously there's touching on sort of pacing and stuff like that, I think, later on. Um, but like, so like, Matt, you're the most recent one to finish it. Mm-hmm. What was your kind of uh, impression when you made that switch from Ellie to Abby halfway through? Uh, reminded me a lot of in... Um, <laughs> Resident Evil Co-Veronica, which you think oh, is God. is one game, and then suddenly it turns out, like, Chris turns up yeah. at what you think is the end of the game, and it's like, oh, I've got an entire game to play as Chris now. Also, a person with giant arms. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really like it. I think 
it sort of hints that it's going to do that, I guess, at the start because you do get to play as a bit yep. of Abby. Yeah. And I must say, for because the game is very long, I did think for a long time while playing as Ellie, it had been quite weird that I got to play as this Abby girl who then turns out to be the villain and I'm not going back to it. Mm. And I hadn't really thought ahead about the fact that it was actually going to be, a, you know, the same story from two sides. Yeah. yeah. And so I think swapping... It was awkward because a lot of the time I was playing as Abby, I didn't like her, and that's not that's not necessarily because I think what she what she did was wrong. Because I think what everybody's doing in this game is wrong. Yeah. But I found that I it's not that I'd had half a game to sympathise with Ellie. I'd had a game and a half to sympathise with Ellie. Mm. So for a lot of it, I did feel a bit like oh, I don't know where I stand with this character. And when you get to the end, and it doesn't prevent you from fighting ellie when you have to fight ellie as abby that put me in a very interesting position because i didn't like it i didn't like that i was trying to kill and i thought that that was what i was going to do i thought i was going to kill ellie i didn't like that but i'm saying that not from i don't like it critically i think that's brilliant that a game can put me through those emotions Mm. yeah the thing i like about and I think The Last of Us is more than a horror game, but it has those horror elements. And the thing I love about horror cinema is that it's it's a genre that's designed to manipulate your emotions. And I think The Last of Us does that beautifully. And part yeah. of that is because of that switch. Mm. Yeah, like I, as I was playing through it, and obviously we were talking about it, it, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable game to play. Not from a... Um, well, not from a mechanics point of view or not from a story point of view, but yeah. it, just, it was so tense that mm-hmm. I'd literally finish playing a, a session and just go, I just want to have a, <laughs> a little chill out now. Bit of a break. <laughs> Check out the bug snacks trailer and again. As you say, <laughs> but very few games have actually made me feel that way yeah. and, and managed to sustain it for that, that period of time as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Right at the end, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm definitely Team Abby. Mm. oh really way. yeah <laughs> so that's interesting um and the the, the fight in the theater uh-huh. oh man it's just uh, how, how did you think at any point as you were fighting ellie as abby that you could perhaps because i thought in my head that maybe there's another way to handle that like there might be some kind of secret alternative ending as to not have to fight ellie like how many times did you reset that fight those two fights thinking there might be another way to handle this so so this is something that I find quite interesting that actually branches into another part of the debate on it. There are a lot of people that don't like the... They feel that the game forces them to kill people yeah. and then demands that they feel bad about it, which I think is an absolutely wrong reading of the game. The game is not asking you to make decisions. The game is actually because it uses the language of cinema much more than it actually does the language of video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ellie and Abby are their own characters. You're guiding them through this experience, but they make their own decisions. And if you're feeling bad, it's the whole idea is that you're supposed to be reflecting on what murder means and what revenge means on a more broader philosophical scale in the way that a film that's about revenge that goes wrong is just asking you to consider, are these characters right? Not, is what you are doing specifically right or wrong? Because <laughs> yeah. it's not you that's doing it. It's actually Ellie or Abby. Yeah. Um, so I think 
not having a choice at the end when you break into the into the theater yeah. go to do it i never assumed that there would be a way out of it that you could convince abby not to to yeah, kill of course i i always like this is abby's decision she's going in for it and, yeah just the guidance know, path it's all down on her mm. and, and i don't think it would have worked if if there was like you've, yeah. you've followed that trail for so long to get to that point and then suddenly she's had a change of heart. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I'd be guess. like, what? <laughs> I mainly thought that like when it comes to the the final beach fight, because there's halfway halfway through that fight, there's a point when Ellie is like, you've beaten her down. And then there's a point where you can continue to do that. But if you leave for a while, she said like, she starts saying like, you know, please stop. And then if you leave it for long enough, she will just stand up and then stab you, <laughs> even when she's begging you to <laughs> stop stuff, which makes sense. But like, I really thought like, oh, maybe there could just be a better a better way to get through this instead of like absolutely do- destroying her. I sort of do agree that it feels a little bit odd that when you get to those final climactic elements, it's either the stuff that's in the theatre or the stuff at the very end on the beach. Yeah. When sort of like you're playing as Ellie on that beach section at the end, like, so on mechanically, I don't think the close combat boss scenarios that it does are actually that great. Yeah. Um, And so I, you know, I failed a few of those times mm. and it did feel a bit odd when you know you've got moments where abby's breaking ellie's neck on the beach and then it just goes game over you've got to start again and it's like <laughs> this sort of feels like that should be the finale like yeah abby's broken ellie's neck yeah. on the beach and that so so there is it, it a really game takes play, you there's a gameplay segment. grinding with narrative elements there but i yeah. like that's such a minor complaint yeah i must admit like I, there were so many points when I thought the game was going to end, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it didn't. <laughs> like the, I, that, that final I, stretch I kind of was in. one of the main points where it's like I can't because it's like around maybe the twenty-hour mark where I hit the part where you're then playing as Ellie again, and like you know she's trying to find uh, Abby once more. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, "How many more hours are there?" Because people say in twenty-five to thirty hours, and I got worried. Like, do I have another ten hours of this game? Not that I'm complaining about it. it just is one of the longest feeling games I've played in a while. As well. But when she's in the house with Dina, I yeah. just thought, okay, this is where it's going to end. And that's too happy though. Built up to Last of Us 3. Yeah. And so when it moved to that, I was like, fair play. I, I totally expected that to be yeah. the, 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 the end of the game. There's a bit the where sequel. she sits on the tractor and mm. looks to the sunrise. And I was just like, fade to black now. That's a perfect. Exactly. And the thing is, is where it ends, I think, is perfect. But there are yeah. so many perfect moments that it could have ended. A lot of screenshot-worthy a... moments. That's why they just yeah. left that shot there for so long. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do think, like, I think the way it finishes, it's important that it does. Because yeah. if you'd left it while Ellie was still with Dina and sort of like, obviously not necessarily happy, but at least settled... It doesn't. It's not what the game. The game is about revenge and what it does to people. And yeah. It, yeah. like revenge and hate fucks you up. Yeah. And you couldn't have left it in that manner. It, it had to go all the way the, to the place it went. It wouldn't have been yeah. a very convincing ending if it ended there, just because of how um, Ellie's like portrayed throughout the entire game. Like you said, she's fueled by revenge. So for suddenly for her to hit that barn and then for Dina just to convince her, and then it just ends there. Like it, you've seen what. Ellie is capable of, and it'll be mad for it yeah. just to end there. But a happy ending would have been nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> would it? <laughs> it would have been for Dina. Oh like, god! The, yeah. the moment when sort of like Ellie's just like, I can't do it, Tommy, and it was just like she's learned, she's grown, and then there's always that. I think that's the thing about the last of it. It's always the characters. I think are in such a 
screwed up situation that it's difficult yeah. for them to learn. Like the whole thing about Joel's story was that he never learned to get over Sarah and that's mm. why he fucked up Ellie's life, basically. Yeah. And that it's that cycle, right? The it's a very bleak outlook on on humanity, but it's it's one I absolutely do see and you know have understandings of like when I look around like the selfishness that we have even in the time of corona yeah you're just like yeah. oh god you know the apocalypse probably isn't gonna be a nice point is it <laughs> no 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 let's go to another piece of feedback otherwise we're going to cover everything yeah. before we've read it 100%. out jesse you're up next this is from alex elliot and he says just wanted to write in after the spoiler chat podcast as i'm heavily conflicted on the end of the game for the record i love the game and it's easily one of my all-time favorites but i'm not sure on the ending having loved the ending to the first game not to say it's bad, it's just the reason for me it was the reason for me it is it is was the ending I wanted to happen rather than the one that made sense for the story or that I feel the story deserved. Um I went from hating Abby as a villainous character and couldn't wait to kill her by the end of Ellie's half to absolutely loving her by the end of her own section and not wanting her to die, which is why this game is brilliant. I just think being forced by the game to go through my earlier and strongest emotion of revenge and being forced to drown Abby would have been a final gut punch and feather in the cap of the futility of revenge theme. Also, from a story point of view, Ellie has killed most of Abby's friends brutally and hundreds of incidental people along the way. To go to the extreme lengths she does to get Abby to stop doesn't really make sense to me at that point. Why wouldn't she kill the person who slowly and painfully killed her father with no remorse whilst Ellie begged her not to, also killed Jesse, shot Tommy, and had to be persuaded not to slit Dina's throat? Ellie doesn't know or care for Abby's motivations for killing Joel, Joel at all. There is barely any interaction between the two besides fighting and one or two lines. If Abby letting Ellie live twice, Ellie unknowingly killing an unborn child and giving up on a happy ending with Dina wasn't enough to stop her, then why stop drowning her? Especially considering the amount of throats she'd happily slit along the way. I'm sorry for laughing. I liked <laughs> I liked both characters enough to want them to live and not fight, which I got, but I can't but can't feeling a bit disappointed in the plot point in the days after. Kind of wished I had Naughty Dog telling me uh, here's Ellie's revenge like you originally wanted. Like, right. I think like they could have gone that route, but I think I love the fact that they've played it completely differently and yeah. challenged what people expected from that, this game. That's, that's one of the main things as well. It's like a lot of the criticism you're seeing online, especially after the leaks as well, is that people are saying, you know, we don't want to play as Abby. We don't want to see our favorite character being murdered. And for me, it feels, it feels a little bit like that they feel entitled to have the game that they that they want and it kind of it shows a lack of creativity in terms of like the storytelling that you could potentially experience instead of always just having that happy ending that you'll want and especially with abby and ellie like they're literally two sides of the same coin you know ellie and abby are very similar and even as you're playing for abby you're collecting coins as well like there's a little hint of that there and it's just it's it's just weird that people can't really handle or interpret these stories that are, you know, meant to be deemed as mature. And I wouldn't, a lot of people are saying it's bad writing because this character died or this happened to X character, when really it's just your feelings got hurt and, and now you're just upset because a character died. It is it's really weird. I think in regards to, I, I, I think Alex makes an interesting point on the idea of we've seen the corruption of revenge on Ellie mm. and she went so far. I think part of the reason why she doesn't kill Abby is she's just tired. Yeah, like they I mean, look you get absolutely to the end, battered. 
Like they get to the end, and I think it's not a point. I don't think Ellie has come to any realization or anything like that. I just think it's a case of revenge takes it out of you, and that like the yeah. the spree that she's been on. And there is obviously, like, I think an understanding that maybe Abby isn't quite everything that she thinks, because she's obviously been able to paint her as this exclusively villainous character. Mm. And by that point, Lev is with her, and Lev is basically dying on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think there's a certain amount, but I don't think it's a case of that Ellie doesn't necessarily want, doesn't, it was come around and decided, oh, Abby's a, a good character now. I don't think that's a case. I think she still hates her. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just a case of, I don't even think she's come to the realisation that killing her would be wrong. It's just a case of like, who's got the fucking energy for this anymore? Yeah, like just remembering how they actually look. Like physically, they look devastated, especially after what Ellie has gone through and then how you find Abby as well. They're in no shape mm. to fight. It's, it's just the emotional toll of it all. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even beyond just the physical exhaustion of having, yeah, fight, like who's got the energy to kill any more people at the end of that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I must say the yeah. thing about, uh, he mentions like, obviously uh, Ellie kills an awful lot of people and there's always the fucking Ludo narrative <laughs> debate that crops up at this. I must say, I think there's a really good point about maybe about a third into Abby's story where you go back to the wolf den and there's just body bags yeah. everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. it's that case of like, yeah, Naughty Dog <laughs> is here sort of going, yeah, we know how many people Ellie killed. Yeah. And you have to wait to get to that acknowledgement, but I think that's quite smart. The other thing it does is you know how um, people have na- like they've all got names so that if you kill someone and they find the corpse on the floor, they'll be yeah, like, yeah. Mark's, Mark's dead, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't think too much of that until you start playing as Abby and those names start cropping up again. And the one that yeah. did it for me is, you know, when you go and get Alice, the dog yeah, from, yeah. The, from the compound, yeah. and one of them's called Bear. And I distinctly <laughs> remember stabbing Bear to death. <laughs> um, by the way, that piece of feedback was actually from Thomas Highton, not Alex right. Elliott. Oh. The next piece of feedback is from Alex Elliott. Well, thank you, Thomas, uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, Jesse, I am going to get you to read this piece of feedback because it was under your name okay, originally. That's certainly fair. Uh, <laughs> so this is from Alex, Alex Elliot, and he says, After seven years of waiting, I wasn't going to risk being spoiled, so I went into the game completely blind. After completing the game, I was looking forward to going online for some deep discussion into how the game used our existing relationship with the characters, as well as uh, video games being able to place you in the character's shoes to explore grief and the destru- destructive and cynical effect of vengeance. Oh boy, it wasn't until I started reading back through the old Twitter threads, though, that I realized that most of the vitriol being leveled at Naughty Dog dates back to before the release of the game and has remained unchanged since. I was uh, shocked to see how similar all the arguments were, considered how much they run counter to some of the events in the game and what I believed Naughty Dog was trying to say. This gives me the impression that many of the loudest voices online either haven't played the game, haven't gone into it with their minds already being made up, or they were at least strongly influenced by the opinions circulating pre-release. Of course, there are some genuine complaints, pacing issues, being forced to essentially start from scratch after playing 15 hours. Uh, Players hoping for a revenge tale more in line with John Wick or Man on Fire. And some people just thinking something so bleak and nihilistic can't make for a fun video game. All complaints I either don't agree with or were too small to um, make up for everything else, but uh, but are at least reasonable and understandable. 
Um, the complaints that have been dominating the conversation, on the other hand, are not all the same, but express the same as well, such as calls for Naughty Dog to offer refunds for false advertising, sitting awkwardly amongst complaints that Joel acted out of character by trusting Abby so easily, or also similar that they could be copy and pasted. I'm not even going to get into the sickening discussions which surround Abby. All of this has made me think over how much influence YouTubers have. While I'm sure the leaks over Joel's death would have upset many people without the context of the full game or the story is told, I don't think we uh, would have not seen this um, inflated uh, <laughs> inflated or repetition without videos which put across such strong, often inflammatory judgments. Uh, I'd love to hear what you all think on the subject. I want to just quickly talk about the false advertising thing, which um, is completely true. I feel like a lot of the people who are wanting to uh, play The Last of Us probably enjoy, you know, big blockbusters as well, such as Marvel. And one of the craziest things as well, because one of the earlier trailers shows um, Joel and Ellie having a conversation where it looks like maybe during day one, for example. Um, and then in the final game, it's switched out with Jesse. And one of the main things is like, that's that's not false advertising. It's just, it's a little bit of, you know, bait and switch just to... Uh, it, it's hard to describe how annoying it is that people are saying that's false advertising when Marvel has been doing that for years and everyone's okay because then you get to pick apart and you get to compare and contrast. You know, they've been doing that in their trailers for ages and it's just, it's mad that people are considering that to be false advertising. Like they haven't seen that been done before, you know? Firstly, so who actually saw the leaks before I did. it came out? Because did you? I, I saw, I knew that Joel was going to die. Um, and like, to be honest, I was like, that's that's fine. Just based from the trailers I've seen and what Ellie was potentially going to go through, I kind of expect like it was it was either going to go one way or the other. Joel was either going to die or he wasn't. Right? Like that's one of the yeah. big things that people would have anticipated anyway. So it wasn't a surprise when I saw it. Um, but obviously, you know, when it happened, then you're going to have some strong feelings there. But like, it's just it's it's mad the amount of uh, you know Twitter like screenshots or YouTubers who like completely blew those leaks like to, to mad proportions. And that really, I think, cemented in how people were th feeling afterwards because it's those like Twitter threads or YouTube discussion videos that stuck and not the actual game itself. Yeah. Did you, were you spoiled by it, Matt, or not? Uh, yes, because when those leaks first happened, there was roughly about the time when Ubisoft <laughs> were um, doing... If you remember they did a stream with boss logic where he drew out the the first key art for valhalla yep. Mm. Yep. and i opened that to look at how that art was going on and obviously when you open youtube uh, streaming uh, you automatically get the chat and the first thing i saw in bold caps was actually joel and ellie die oh um, so right so it did mean that i was very much on edge for the entire game waiting for the ellie heart of it to happen that's, that's mad never did and so I'm quite pleased that the Joel stuff happened. Um, in regards to everything else that goes around in there, um, arsehole's going to be arseholes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, obviously, I think all these people wrong. I, I don't 100%. particularly want to give them any more of a platform. I think they yeah. can get in the sea. <laughs> no, that's fair. So a couple of the points that he raised there were, were pacing issues. Now, that's something I didn't have a massive problem, but there was definitely a couple of parts that I felt like, this is going on quite a long time now. Yeah. Um, I think when the reset happened, like just having to get those upgrades back, that's what hurt the most for me. But I wasn't particularly... Did that bother you? Yeah, I, was, it was, I wasn't like, really... It bother uh, me at all. I wasn't really ups, upset, but I was just like, I, I kind of felt like I was coming back to a weakened character. But then again, like the upgrades you get as Abby are quite different to the ones that you'll get 
as yeah. Ellie as well. So it, it made up for it. It was just, it was a little like nagging point in my head, but I wasn't upset by it. Right. Yeah, I I guess I have a similar thing to Jesse in that I felt certain parts of my toolkit were stolen away from me. So uh, Ellie has a pen knife that she uses to do instant mm. stealth kills, whereas with Abby, I have to go back to the shiv system from the yeah. earlier game, which in part is a nice throwback but yeah. also it's going back to what i think is a worse version it feels a bit old school of, yeah i sort of also feel that narratively that doesn't align for me because if anything i think that abby would probably be better equipped yeah. than yeah. ellie would be <laughs> um i got over that in about an hour so that's what, you know. the thing i liked about it though because like especially like when you're in some of the like more heavily infected areas like the hotel and stuff like that you really have to like take your time mm-hmm. and it's not oh i'm just going to go around like instant killing these people mm. it's like quite a lot of the time i just didn't have enough resource to, yeah. to manufacture enough shivs to craft enough shivs like that the, the hotel level like uh and then the, the hospital afterwards like god when those um clickers come out of the wall yeah jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> terrifying mm. that's actually like w- I, th- I haven't actually looked ahead at the feedback, but one of the things that we haven't since we're on that topic, we've not really talked a lot about the game aspects of The Last of Us, yeah. which is is important. So like maybe how did you feel about it from a gameplay perspective? Um, I mean, this is one of the things that I saw crop up um, before the game was actually released and even during the leaks as well. I think maybe in a tweet or in an interview, like Neil Druckmann said, we don't use the word fun to describe The Last of Us mm-hmm. 2. And... I'm going to feel like dodgy just saying this, but like it is the violence in the game is honestly very satisfying. Like the combat, like the gore in it and stuff for me, like it, it it plays really well, but they've honestly made killing really fun in the game just because of how gory and like fun it is to use the weapons. Like honestly, as I'm playing as Ellie and you eventually get like the explosive arrows, it, it basically became Rambo for me. Like I was fucking people up. <laughs> it was honestly really fun. So I, I didn't feel bad playing playing to like this really super uber violent version of ellie just because it felt really good this is the most jesse thing i've ever heard yeah i know i know that's <laughs> i was expecting that but that's the thing like it was it was it was really fun to play like story aside and how dark it is like the way i didn't have any issues with how the game actually played um like apart from it being a little bit bloated in places i thought everything like there was half the stuff i didn't use pipe bombs hmm. hardly at all i didn't use traps really um i was one of the i, I kept on making them to make sure that uh, <laughs> that you well, had them <laughs> i well i hated myself for going around and picking up every single little thing and in the end i was you like barely use i it. just enjoy the story here yeah. um but like you know I, I thought it made me feel vulnerable but powerful at the same time um hmm. and how you know trying to perfect a level i.e. going super stealthy um but then when you kind of oh what what the, the little ones that poke out what are they called oh, oh the the ones that you can't see until they start moving yeah you yeah. can't hear them yeah yes. yeah mm-hmm. oh my god like th- those because like i think there's one bit when you're in kind of an old office and there's yeah, yeah. a few of them in there yeah and then you sort of turn around and your flashlight just captures their face <laughs> and then they duck away it's like first of all i fucking hate them <laughs> terrifying but then it got to the point where um i'd obviously alarm them so all six came running at me at the same oh, time God. but i had 
a shotgun mm-hmm. and quite a lot of ammo. Yeah. And so it was like, whatever. Yeah. And then you'd, they'd have to crawl through like a little gap in the room from where I was. And so, you know, it's that point. Like, as soon as I triggered, I was like, oh, shit. But then actually it was like, you're actually, you're actually going to be fine. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for, from my perspective, like, so I probably would have, if I was scoring it, I probably would have given the nine. And yeah. the only reason why I would have given it a nine is I actually think that Naughty Dog potentially have missed a bit of a trick in the gameplay department because I think it's an improvement over the first game. But I think largely speaking, it's it, gameplay wise, it's actually very, very similar. There's not a huge amount of innovation and I would have liked to have seen some more interesting toolkit added to that. So mm. towards the end of the game... Um, you know when you're at the in Santa Barbara, the, they've got some um, infected chained up in that area, yeah. Yep. Yep, and you yep, can yep. go over and you can unshackle the chain, and that made me realise there's not really any point in the entire game where there are infected and there are humans in the same zone. Yeah. I think there's only one yeah. point and I, in the subway, right, like right near the Thailand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I would have loved to be. I think probably one of the things that a lot of people pick up about me is the fact that the games I love are very systems led. <laughs> like I love anything Clint Hawking makes. I love like RPGs that allow me to interact with lots of things. I obviously love Arcane's games because it's all about manipulating what's around you. And I would have loved to have had things that emphasize the survival and the fact that it was groups that were living in the same sort of areas. Yeah. So I would have loved to have had more chances to you know, one of the things that I was thinking of is, you know, towards the end in Santa Barbara, there's a bit where the, they're laying um, like the, the noose traps and you get pulled up in one. And there's also a clicker in one. Yeah. And yep. in the cutscene, Ellie pushes someone into that clicker to get them bitten. I wish there was some gameplay elements that allowed me to set those situations up. Yeah. Because yeah. they built this amazing rope technology that's used for some... They're fine puzzles. Like, I'm pleased that it's those instead of the move the ladder and the box around yeah. that was in the first game. But being able to use, like, those ropes to set up noose traps and catch either a human in it and then try and encourage a clicker to run over to them or to catch a clicker in it and, and sort of, like, encourage a human to come over and get caught. I think there was, a little, like, some opportunity there to have some interesting interplay. But I think the stealth is really, really well done partially because the level design is so much better this time around. Yeah. Yep. The level design is incredible. Like some of the bits it's, it's are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that it's not afraid to stay low key. You yep. know when you go through the bridges above the area with Lev and uh, you're learning where all of like, you know, the, this basically the scars have an entirely different ecosystem that's just hidden away from you. Yeah. And I thought that it was going to turn out to be something more Call of Duty-ish where you'd be up like thousands of feet above the streets oh, like and there was going to be a big fight. And stuff. I sort of like that it didn't worry too much about that. It was just quite low-key and it was much more of a overcoming your fear sort of story-led system. Yeah. But um, like the multiple... So many zones have got multiple levels to them and being able to learn how to stealth your way and drop through holes that have been bored through the ground by like the decay over the years. Yeah. I think that yeah. is all very good. I also love that if someone shoots you and you're playing as Ellie, who's what, like eight stone, <laughs> if you get shot with a revolver, it fucking floors her. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah, there yeah, are yeah. no I've never played a game that has like a given such you that a, kind of feedback. Yeah, the guns that feel like guns in this game, I really like that about it. And I like that 
there's basically no machine guns in it aside from like you can obviously upgrade abbeys and you get yeah. that silence gun in santa barbara yeah by like that you've got these big heavy caliber single shot <laughs> rifles and there's a tension there was a bit where you know there's a scar camp uh in like a, a collapsed building and in the middle of a river like a lake there's a a train that you have to go through. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I went up there and lay down <laughs> in the train with a sniper rifle and just took them out one by oh, one. Oh, I did the same, yeah. yeah. And it felt yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like films like Enemy at the Gates where, it, you know, it's that real sniper <laughs> yeah. fantasy of just being that one person that no one can see. That felt incredible. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So my piece of feedback is from the very smart guy called Alex. <laughs> Uh, and he says I understand why some people might dislike the game for its tone and themes but I really appreciated it I find it extremely difficult to take the bad path in video games I'm the same maybe it's an Alex thing I don't know Uh, wherever there's a moral choice system Uh, so Last of Us was actually quite refreshing in a way because there's no my version of Ellie and I think that kind of tallies in with what you were saying Matt it's -hmm. it's not you making these decisions it's, it's in keeping with the characters Anyway, Alex says he he found the theme of revenge especially interesting and it's heartbreaking to see it causing so much pain and death in a world already full of both. We often see stories where the hero decides to break the cycle of revenge, which is a nice illustration that breaking it only works when both sides decide to. Otherwise, you end up with murderous Californians. (laughs) Uh, A couple of other points. You like the fact that Owen started as a seemingly normal grunt with the fireflies before his empathy and desire to be happy um, grow out of trying to cheer up Abby. So let's talk about that relationship in a second. Actually, mm. um, I thought when Abby went to find, sorry, when Ellie went to find Abby at the end, that she might uh, be trying to give herself up so that someone could get the cure from her. Um, and then finally, he didn't like the upgrade branches being done through finding magazines, mainly because he missed out <laughs> on all the Abby ones. Little emoji. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a shame. Um, yeah, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, <laughs> like. Um, well, in terms of the upgrade stuff, like because, like I mentioned earlier, I was going around and pressing triangle on approximately 10,000 times an hour. <laughs> I think I did get all of them, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah, did you get the trophy? You get a trophy for it. It's like like library collector or something like that. Ooh, maybe I didn't then. I did. You know, I I never pay any attention to trophies anyway. I am I am not. They're not on his level. <laughs> I I don't give two hoots about that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, what did you think about the whole, uh, Owen, uh, Abby thing? And then obviously Mel, how did that kind of sit with you guys? It's a, it's another wrinkle, right? And I think I'd say Owen made less of an impact on me than a character like Dina did. I, I really bought into Dina and, and Ellie as a pairing and, and the way that they're, their relationship powers each other. Mm. Yep. Whereas Owen, I think, makes less of an impact at the start. And therefore, when he actually gets to the point where he is actually important to, to Abby's journey, I maybe gave less of a crap. But <laughs> certainly, when you know, when you turn back up at the aquarium as Abby and both Mel and, and Owen are dead, yeah. and then yep. I sort of like, because I'd completely forgotten by that point. <laughs> because, so Did I, you? <laughs> well, I'd played it over a little bit longer, so right. uh, up until I'm, only, I'm just starting to recover from a bit of RSI in my wrists, which meant that I couldn't play it for extended periods of time, which mm. is why it took me two weeks to play it. So I'd been playing as Abby basically for sort of like eight days by that point and had sort of forgotten that I'd 
brutally gunned down <laughs> right. this uh, thing. So there was a moment of as she was pushing open the door and it was only then as sort of like she starts to look into this empty room and was like, oh shit, I killed them, didn't <laughs> I? Um, and I like all that and I, I like the... I like Owen being the conflict of like, he wants to go to Santa Barbara and he wants Abby to go with her. But Abby's whole life by that point is consumed by the idea of getting revenge for what Joel did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And therefore, you know, getting Ellie and, and all of that. I like that she's giving up any sense of normality in that situation Mm. for her revenge thing. But I like that the fact that her normality involves potentially fucking up mel's life as well because mel wants to go with owen but she's like i won't go if you're going because i know what's going on there yeah absolutely yeah i i I like the fact that mel put her foot down and said you are not coming yeah like you're fucked up stay (laughs) away but oh yeah that that bit what does she she call her an asshole or something like she she tells her to fuck off isn't it yeah yeah, straight up tells her that she's she's bad, and I like that because. Yeah. So I I really like both games, films, books, TV shows, whatever, where the protagonist isn't necessarily the hero of the piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like that just reminder of like you think you've been doing well, but the couple of decent things that Abby's been doing with her life in those three days in Seattle they don't make up for no a lifetime yeah. of being a bit of a shit. I mean, the same thing happens yeah. to Ellie as well. Like she's constantly reminded is this actually worth it? Because I'm pretty sure Jesse points out a bunch of times, especially in the theatre, I think like, do you actually want to do this and leave Dina who's, you know, pregnant just just for Abby? Mm. Is that really a good idea? Yeah. Um, and then what was the other point? Uh, oh yeah, so, you know, did you at any point think that Ellie would go, actually, I need just to sacrifice myself and get a cure out there? I think she felt like that had been robbed from her already, right? Like, yeah. I think she's made... That's the one of the things that... I love that for the first few hours of the game, you think that she's trying to track down Abby and that's going to be the point where she learns that all of what had happened in the first game was a lie. Yeah. And I love that there's just sort of like about four hours in, it just sits you down and goes, oh no, she's, she's known all these <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, she knows about yeah. her. Yeah. And it's just like... She's angry with Joel because of it, but she's made a peace with that. It's yeah. like like that that phase of life is gone, and most of those doctors are dead. Yep. And I guess she doesn't she doesn't really know that the Fireflies are trying to reband by that point. So no. maybe no. she just thinks that it's it's over and done with. Nobody can help her now. I, I did like that moment when you know you you think for a long time that they haven't made their peace, Joel and Ellie. And actually they had, and they were mm-hmm. just starting to repair yeah. it. And that's the thing that, that was the thing that was robbed from her is that, you know, the chance to kind of have that relationship again. And that's probably the thing that drove her to do a lot of things that she did. I thought that was extremely well written. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to go for your next piece of feedback? Uh, yeah, let's have a look. We have got, this one is from Sam Beryl. And he says, do you think that the vocal minority has potentially turned other big studios off addressing such hard-hitting and interesting subject matter in their games because of the backlash against The Last of Us 2. The game has done incredibly well critically and commercially, fastest-selling PS4 game, but today, having looked at the reactions among the gaming community, it's clear that there is controversy and a lot of people cancelling pre-orders not buying the game on the basis that the story is too dark or not what they wanted. Um, I don't think it will have put anybody off. As you say, it is the fastest-selling PS4 game. I think... If you look at the vitriol that 
studios get for not being particularly brave at all yeah. like just sticking a woman in your game is not a brave sort of thing to do mm, no. and people will get an awful lot of shit for that i think studios are always going to have idiots on their case yeah i don't think this will have if anybody like i think it's it's probably one of i'd say it's the most important AAA game of the year just because of what it does do in terms of like it's a fully female focused game it has a trans character that plays a large part in its latter in latter hours mm. Mm. um like that is massively important for representation and i hope that other people do learn from it i think it might be the only one of its kind for a little while because things are slow unfortunately but yeah. i don't think anybody's going to be put off by making bold moves if that's what those creators want to do just because some dickheads on twitter basically yeah nothing yeah. it's like it's a small selection of like really loud youtubers and just people on twitter again absolutely like mad over you know leaks just how the story went like i would be gutted if this has actually affected any stories that would end up being fantastic just because of the you know the hate that's been spewed by people online and stuff it'll be mad yeah i i think you know if anything this is going to cement naughty dog uh in in terms of what they're planned to do I, I i would see them going even further with the next one like i know matt you think it's a nine but for me this is a, a kind of a, a game of a generation you don't see this kind of level of game very often it's an absolute 10 for me mm. mm-hmm just in terms of what it's trying to do with the story and the way it made me feel when I was playing it. Uh, almost to the point, like, hands up, I played it on a relatively easy setting because I wanted to enjoy the story rather than get my ass kicked every fucking 10 minutes by um, clickers. Totally. Um, and I'm pleased I did that because it meant that I did get stuck in places, but not all the time, and I could just enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. And that was, you know, one of the most thrilling stories that I've played in a video game probably ever. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, and and like I say, like I'm excited to play <laughs> um, Last of Us Three. Like the one thing I will say is that when I finished it, I part of me was like, "Thank God that's over," because it was it suck up a lot of my time. But I've had I've reflected on it so much yeah. that I'm actually quite keen to go back and start it again, which I didn't think oh. I would have done. I thought I'd have just be done with it for ages, but I I, I thought it was a really powerful story. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Notice that you said the last of us three. You think they'll go in for a sequel? I can't imagine yes. they would. How that game ended? You don't think they will? I mean, just I feel like everything was. It wasn't like exactly wrapped up in a neat bow by the end of the game, but I, I can't imagine them going on the same level or topping the Last of Us two. Just in terms of story, and I, I don't. I personally don't want to see any more of that story between Ellie and you know, then, her son or what. No, no, but why does it have to be? Why does it have to be those two? Yeah, that's, that's well. So that that would have been said about this one, though, right? There was an awful lot of people that were like, "Well, they could do another one, but they'd never carry on Ellie and Joel's story." Yeah. Whereas mm. they did, and I think they carried on Ellie's and Joel's story because the business was unfinished. You can't have a lie that that big. Yeah, not. Yeah. If you're going to yep, do the yep, sequel, yep. you've got to address that lie. Whereas I feel now Joel is gone and if nothing else, Ellie's soul is so reaped that yep. there's there's very little, I think, for her to, to try now. Unless it was, I think it would have to be a story about her like trying to, trying to regain her humanity, I suppose, hmm. which might be interesting. But she doesn't even know where Dina is, right? quite like the bleakness. 
Yeah. So you got that too. It probably wouldn't fit with the mechanics of the game though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to re- yeah, exactly. regain the humanity by killing a bunch of people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's interesting. I think probably the more vocal people, if Ellie wasn't in it or Joel wasn't in it, they'd be like, well, I don't care. Whereas mm. I, I'm all for that kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, you know, tell the different stories in the same world. It doesn't have to be just those, the, the two people that we've grown to love or, you know, I would quite happily see more of Abby as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, last piece of feedback uh, from you, Jesse. Yeah, this is from uh, Dwayne Clen Daniel. He says, I fundamentally agree with Joel's decision at the end of the first game. I'd absolutely do the same for one of my kids. To then have to play the second half of The Last of Us 2 with the person that murdered him was not enjoyable. I wanted Abby to die. <laughs> what she had done to Joel, seeing her side of the story, never changed my mind. He also goes on to say, the sex scene was odd and out of place. And finally, were Abby and crew out for revenge because Joel killed Abby's father or because he doomed the human race? Um, so you mentioned it there, Dwayne. Like, you say that you fundamentally agree with Joel's decision and like you know, you do the same for one of your kids and stuff. But like, it, it, how, can, how can you really just like absolutely 100% decide that at the moment when surely that's more of like an in-moment kind of experience thing? Like, I th- like as a parent, and I know that Ellie is not his kid, yeah. but you know, essentially that is the relationship that they end up with. But I would do anything to protect my children. Yeah, it's as literally as simple as that. And obviously, he had his daughter taken away from him, and I think he's trying to make amends or trying to deal with that situation by doing what he does to protect Ellie. And so. I can t- I totally see why it would have where it would have come from yeah. in in terms of that decision. Um, but that's that's what good storytelling, right? Is isn't <laughs> it? It's, it's to do absolutely. with the yeah. the conflict between character and between what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so often, I think you know, video games often aren't the most challenging stories. They are often very good stories, but quite often they can stick within the conventions of you know normal blockbuster storytelling, mm. in which what the main characters do are the right thing because they're the heroes. They're, you know, they're, you know, we're not, we very rarely question what Iron Man's doing because Iron Man's generally got the heart, you know, in his, in his, in the right place because he wants to save New York yeah. or yeah. whatever. Whereas this is a game that's fundamentally about asking you, challenging your own viewpoints. You know, you've come up with this person and you've, I guess, for lack of a word, imprinted on Joel and you've become him through that journey. And now it's a case of, well, do, is your selfish reasoning really worth the entirety of the human race? It's too, yeah. it's like the meta and the macro level, right? It's one of those things that yeah. people often don't consider is that even if Joel, you know, allowed Ellie to undergo the operation, whether or not that would have been successful or like just trying to think of, and this is like just dumb nerd shit, like just trying to think of the logistics on how the Fireflies could even manufacture a cure, let alone try and cure, you know, <laughs> everyone they can, like that, that probably wouldn't even work anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, the second point he makes here is like um, having to play as Abby, uh, the person who murdered Joel was not Joel. I like, obviously, I like Joel, but I, I don't get how everybody holds him on such yeah, a kind he's, of. He's not like this absolutely polite dude that <laughs> just loves everyone. Like, played the first game, you know what he can do and what he does. Yeah. Like, and obviously, like, I like him. But he's a, he's also a monster, yeah. as, me, as everybody is in this world, frankly. Uh, and like I said earlier, 
it completely transformed my opinion of Abby because right at the beginning I was like, oh my God, she's a proper horrible person. Yeah. But at the end I was like, I completely see why you do all mm. this. Mm-hmm. So also, I, like, in, I really in a, enjoyed it. In a similar ground, I can remember, you know, when you start taking control of Trevor in GTA 5 and Trevor's yeah. a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really enjoy ever playing as Trevor, but it's inter- it makes the game interesting that you're having yeah. to, it's asking you, you might not empathize with what he's doing, but sympathize isn't the right one but you're seeing the world from his perspective it just this is one of those games that just it's it's made it it has made apparent that people don't want to be uncomfortable like they just want Mm -hmm. smooth sailing when it comes to stories like this which is mad did you think the sex scene was odd and out of place I did have to close my curtains when it was playing on my big TV (laughs) because there's neighbours there's neighbours yeah who can look directly into my living room from the opposite building and it's like 15 seconds long, yes. Yeah, but like, I don't, like, no, the, the reason why I had to close my curtains, yeah, there was literally a family chilling in their balcony and they were kind of looking in my general direction. I don't want them seeing that, like... I, what? If you're just... It's just it's just weird. Right. It's, it's, it's just weird. I thought also close your curtains was some kind of euphemism. No. Well. <laughs> God. You go and close your curtains while that's Bloody on. Hell. <laughs> don't people seeing that uh, stuff, mate. They could, they could take it out of context. Do you have anything more to say on The Last of Us 2? Good game. Good game. <laughs> Post to quit. It is I, a very uh, good game. Um, uh, in regards to... Also, Dwayne put as a final point that were Abby and the crew out for revenge because Joel killed Abby's father or because he doomed the human probably race. Both. I think the point of the game is that Abby hates Joel because she killed her dad. Yeah. It's she, I don't think she really gives a shit about anything no. else. No. And that's about the flaws in humanity, which is basically what the entire game and series seems to be about. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say it's a masterclass in the way it like approaches its characterizations, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way through, like, like you said with, um, obviously you've got Joel and Ellie, but I think it's, it's probably transformed the way that people feel about Ellie now at the end of it. Um, and same with Abby, but then also, you know, like Lev was a really enjoyable, breath of fresh air halfway through that well three quarters of the way through that game to spend a bit of time with someone who's has a little bit of positivity it was that was nice yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's it's those moments isn't it that we all focus on the misery but actually there's an awful lot of humanity in the last of us and that's that's what makes it right it's got maybe balance isn't the right word but it has enough sunshine in those moments with you know the touching moments between ellie and dina Mm. Is that I didn't actually get it through my playthrough, but I've seen the bit where Ellie plays Take On Me to Dina, really? and that's that's yeah, that's great. Oh. Fair enough. Um, even like right at the end, like the Rattlers, Jesus, mm-hmm. like you think that that game can't get any more brutal, yeah. or and and then it just cranks it up. Like, but as you say, Matt, I really enjoyed the fact that I could. It was almost like Far Cry, sitting back, releasing the um, the infected to go and clear out the next bit for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like um, that. I like that about it. And so if they were to to do another game, I'd really like to maybe move into a part of um, like America that hasn't been quite as neatly sectioned off for humanity where you yep. do get a little bit more of the interplay between them. Mm. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Somewhere where it doesn't rain quite so much. As well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Got to show off cool. that tech. Yep. I know, right? I know. It looks um, like an E3 demo, doesn't it? The entire God, game. so good. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, like the, I saw a couple of people saying, oh, what's everybody about? It doesn't look that great. It's like, come it's on. It's one of the best looking games you, you want can out of video games. Right now. Mad. Anyway, 
it was finally nice to talk about Last of Us 2 after <laughs> finishing it just over a week ago. Um, sorry if we haven't read out your feedback. We got so much uh, that we haven't been able to cover it all, but we do appreciate you writing in. As always, you can write in to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Is that right? I can never remember. Yeah, I think yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Matt, Jesse, thanks so much. Um, it was lovely to talk to, to, to you about the game. And um, that's it for this week. Uh, until next week, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.